I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have yet discovered. I'm a superhero, Mama. A real-life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become a hero? Initiating surprise in three. This two is one. The Real Brian Show. It's The Real Brian Show! Woo! All right, man. So many things to talk about today. Some good stories for you again. And I'll try not to make you drool this time with the food stories, but I got to tell you, I'm trying to understand the intelligence of texting while driving in the snow, no less. Come on. Going along with that, of course, the power that our phones have over us, how they affect us, the goods, the bads. But it's just something that kind of hit me recently, you know, because I do a lot of observing. It's just who I am. And then also to wrap us up today, I'll be having my very first interview with somebody all the way across the galaxy in the Delta Quadrant, no less. Let's rock it! Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. I am The Real Brian. It is an honor having you here. Now, you kids are probably saying to yourselves, hey, I'm going to go out and I'm going to get the world by the tail and wrap it around and pull it down and put it in my pocket. Well, I'm here to tell you that you're probably going to find out as you go out there that you're not going to amount to jack squat. Wow, that is some incredible encouragement right there. Thank you for joining me. I don't even really know where to go with that one, but uh, man, I'm... (laughs) Thank you! It is The Real Brian Show. I'm The Real Brian, and I just want to say it is a pleasure having you here. If you've not joined the Facebook group, please go there. Facebook.com slash groups slash Real Brian Show, of course. You know, all in the show notes and that good stuff, so uh, do go there. Also, I just want to say thank you again for those of you who are supporting The Real Brian Show on Patreon. If you are interested in helping out with The Real Brian Show, keeping this thing going, making it amazing... Patreon.com slash Real Brian Show. Go check it out. Tax deductible, all that good stuff. So thank you so much. And because, you know, we had such a great time a couple of weeks ago, you know, with a lot more to talk about, by the way, I decided to bring back the best. The Flash returns. As well you should. You know, I like the sound of that. It's kind of like a movie sequel. The Flash returns. Yeah, I like that, too. (laughs) <laughs> yeah well welcome welcome back well thanks for having me back we we had so much to talk about and i had to cut you off last time because you know the show was going long already and afterwards you know you and i are like man we have so much more to talk about and i thought you know i'm just gonna have you back on and all of a sudden here it works out and, and not to mention that the the title of this episode is appropriately titled because you were a part of this statement come back to my room and see the view i believe that's an inside story we need to share oh (laughs) we definitely have to share this story dragon con atlanta 2015 can you believe that was 2015 holy cow wow wow yeah so that's where you and i first met in person that is well you know you being in canada me being in the u.s you know you don't get to see each other very often it's not like hey man let's you know come over for coffee you're gonna need a passport and you're gonna need to check with customs and (laughs) Well, and I I plotted it out on Google Maps. It would take 18 hours to drive to you. And wow. Yeah. What about walking? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I am the flash. So really five minutes. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> so, yeah, that's where, you know, we got to meet in person. That's where I met, um, you know, Kevin podcast overlord from Aero Squad in person for the first time. Emily, 
Miss Ice for the first time. Ice. Jess, yeah. uh, Harley, a.k.a. Harley Quinn. You know, your co-host with the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. Yeah. Tomorrow's Legends. Um, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we all got to meet. and it, that, That's the beauty of these things. You know, you get together. You've all talked to each other online and stuff. And then it's like, hey, let's get together. Let's hang out in person. But anyway, there was a moment where the four of us were together. You, Jess, Emily, and me. And Kevin was, you know, off on one of his 11 panels that he was hosting. Uh, I mean, that guy's like famous in Atlanta. So he is at one point it was nighttime. And I said, it was just this moment we're hanging out. I'm like, oh, guys, you got to come back to my room and see the view. (laughs) And everyone's like, "Uh, what? Like, no, no, trust me. Come on, come back. So we get up to the room. I open the door and I'm like, come in, close the door. You've got to see the view. And you know, you're, I, I don't remember, how are you reacting? You're just like, yeah, right, whatever, or something. Yeah, I was, I wasn't exactly sure how to take because I didn't know if you were being sarcastic, if you were kidding, or you were just genuinely serious, like you want to show us something, but you know, the way innocently serious. The way our minds work, too. I was thinking, is he, what's he pulling here? <laughs> well, you know, so yeah, you you were the, the polite one on it. Um, Emily was uh, definitely taking it the wrong way. I'm not sure what Jess was thinking at the time, but it was hilarious. Then I'm like, close the door, turn off the lights. You got to see the view. And I had no idea what I'm talking about. I'm just like, totally whatever. And everybody's like, ooh. So the lights go out, and I'm like, no, look through the window because we had an incredible view. I think we're on the, what, the 11th floor or something like that. Incredible view of downtown Atlanta. I mean, it was beautiful. And that's honestly what I was trying to show is because I would sit there every night and I would just look out the window, stare and, you know, be mesmerized because it was such a beautiful view. But of course, nobody knew that's what I was actually trying to say. And I'm like, no, quick, look out the window. You got to see the view. And Emily goes up and closes all the curtains, turns around and is like, (laughs) all right, it's time. (laughs) It was so funny. And of course, well, you got to take it, take the situation out of context. <laughs> Here's this guy that we just met. Exactly. Inviting us up to his hotel room. Come on in, shut off the lights. <laughs> I got to show you the view. Like what's waiting for us in there. Oh, geez. I know. And I'm so sorry because now we can all laugh about it. But at the time, everyone's kind of like, um, uh, <laughs> totally innocent, but it really was about looking at the, yeah. Anyway, nothing, nothing, no, nothing awkward happened. Everyone was laughing. And then eventually, yes, we, you all got to experience the beautiful downtown view from our window, which was cool. But there you go. See, there's always a story. Now we have a good story to tell. Yeah. Oh, what a great story it was though. The moment was incredible. <laughs> That's the beautiful part. Oh man. But speaking of Atlanta, have you, have you seen the latest trailer for Spider-Man homecoming? No. Okay, in the latest trailer, the, uh, the vulture is the main villain this time, and there's a scene where he he's com- he's basically falls from a height and spreads his wings, and that scene is in that hotel. Are you kidding? Yeah, remember when we were at the bottom floor and we're looking up and all yeah. those crazy balconies, and you kind of get vertigo feeling when you're looking up. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's cool. Speaking of that, I'm going to do something new. Okay. Because you know how everybody has like it's national blah, blah, blah appreciation day. Mm-hmm. Like what was the other day like, I don't know, national donut day or something. Now I'm just thinking of donuts because of those glorious gluten free donuts I had. But I decided to do something different, you know, because everybody's got their national appreciation day or whatever. I, you know, I'm not even going to look up to see what it is actually, but let's make up galactic appreciation weeks just because we, you know, we come out once a week here at the real Brian show. So I can't do every day. So let's do once a week. We're going to dub a week a whatever week an appreciation week and we'll we'll just make up our own and then we'll just, you know, claim them to be, you know, real. How about that? Okay. 
But I got to go galactic. Yeah, well, because you're in a different country, so I can't say national. Okay. Right? Because then that that excludes you. That's not very nice. <laughs> so, okay. So I could say, you know, it's worldwide something appreciation week. But, you know, what about our friends in the Delta Quadrant? The Real Brian Show is not just worldwide. It is galactic. Well, your listeners don't realize you have this massive satellite array on the roof of your house. Well. Beaming the signal out into the cosmos. Well, you do know that later on after you and I get off that uh, I'm having some friends from the Delta Quadrant on in an interview today. You are. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. So it's going to be fantastic. So that's why oh, cool. I'm dubbing it Galactic Appreciation Week and each week and this week I wanted to call attention to Galactic Video Game Appreciation Week. Okay. And here's why. And I know you can get behind this one flash that we do truly salute gamers. Because we want to thank them for their service of saving the world many times over from aliens, zombies, Nazis, terrorists. I mean, you name it. These men and women, they get behind their computers. They spend hours saving our world. They fight evil. I mean, it is incredible. And I just want to thank each of them for their service in the gaming communities because you have no idea how many times you've saved our world. So gamers, you are our heroes. Flash and I are gamers ourselves. So therefore, it is only fitting that we name this week Galactic Video Game Appreciation Week. I feel like I need to stand and salute. Well, take your hat off, put your hand over your heart or whatever you guys do in Canada. I don't know. Is it the same thing? <laughs> I think I we all do. I have yeah. no idea what you do. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I need to be a little more culturally aware, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I have to ask you a question here. What is it with people texting and driving and, you know, weaving all over the road I mean, oh. well, first of all, just in general, right? Because I see it now. Granted, granted, don't get me wrong. I'm guilty of it. I've done it. I've texted while I'm driving, so I'm not trying to blame people, but I've also realized that I'm not paying attention on my driving when I'm texting. And I realize that, you know what? I am potentially putting myself and or passengers that I may have and or people around me at like an actual life risk. If I hit somebody and we kill each other, like I kind of stepped back and went, I, you know what? It can wait, right? It's not that important. It's not that urgent before we had cell phones. Nobody do that anyway. So it's really not that urgent. And then it snowed a foot and the roads are already icy and people are sliding all over the place just because of the ice on the ground. And I look over and there's this guy almost hitting me literally. And he's looking down at his phone and not paying attention at all. And he's weaving all over the place. And I'm like, seriously, wow, I'm just trying to understand this is going to be a big topic of discussion for us, but I, I think a lot of people basically need a slap to reality, a slap awake, a slap to, you know, quit having such little regard for their own safety and for people around them. That this, yeah, it, it is becoming a huge problem. Well, you, yeah, you alluded to a discussion we want to have today. Um, Martin, mm-hmm. you, you sent me a video and uh, actually three videos, but they all kind of tie in together about, phones, social media, kind of uh, some stuff. The more I watched the video, though, the more I was like, oh, anyway, we're going to talk about that here in a few. Okay. Yeah, I can't wait to get into it. So I put out my Spotify list. I've had a few comments back. Ben, by the way, thanks for subscribing. Hope you're enjoying the music. But you've got some music that you wanted to uh, share. There's one type of music that I turn to every time I want to change my mood to a, a happier, relaxed Zen, I guess, you know, it just makes me feel good. And that's Spanish guitar, flamenco mm. style music. So I don't know if you guys have heard uh, some of these names, but the 
the likes of Oscar Lopez, Otmar Liebert, and Jesse Cook you may have heard of. It's just like there's no singing usually in this music. It's just very, oh man, I don't even know how to describe it. But for me, it's uplifting. Yeah. And it just, it changes my mood. As soon as I hear those first few strums on the guitar strings, I'm just, oh, I love this. I love this. Okay, things are good. Things are better. And, I'm, and I can just say it makes me happy. Nice. It's, it's interesting because I, I love flamenco too. I don't know the, um, like I said, I don't know the artists behind it, but mm-hmm. you know, I used to love it when we would have it within certain musicals or something like that. And sometimes you'd have a flamenco dance or something that they would do or, or you know, whatever, like, or you see it in movies where there yes. would be a flamenco dance and you've got the music in the background. So I may not know who did the music, but I used to love it. There was a band though, um, back in the nineties, late nineties and all that, they were called burlap to cashmere Oh my gosh, their their album in I think it was 1999 was kind of a modern day pop rock but flamenco. And right. the guy on the guitar could play a guitar in ways I didn't even know. Well, I mean, you knew it was possible, but you're just like very few people can play the guitar like that. And it was incredible. And they did an album like that. It was glorious. But <laughs> yeah, it's that kind of music that you're just like you're mesmerized by. But I can see what you mean by like making your making your mood a little happier. Yeah. It's cool. Well, uh, Gypsy Kings is a popular group and they're kind uh, yeah. of borderline on that. So, yeah. But interesting story. You know how I discovered flamenco music? I was house sitting. I used to live in, in the mountains in British Columbia up here in Canada. And I had met a lady who has now become such a good friend. She's like my big sister. And she had asked me to house sit for her and included with house sitting, she also gave me the keys to her pickup truck. Mm. because she lived, it was a 45 minute drive from where I was to her place. So she lent me her truck while she was gone for two months in the wintertime. The first day I hopped in the truck and had to make that drive out to her property. There was a tape in the tape deck and this is going back to the like <laughs> early nineties. So a tape in the tape deck, I just pushed it in. I wonder what that is. And it was this guy called Otmar Liebert and wow. he was playing his flamenco music. And I right away, I was like, what is this? <laughs> It's awesome. Wow. I love, and so just imagine yourself driving through a winding mountain road and you've got this beautiful Spanish guitar music playing. It was nice. It was like the perfect setting and it set me up for the rest of my life to just love that music. Yeah. I love that. That's yep. cool. Well, thanks for sharing that, man. That's a good, uh, good story. And also I'm going to check out that music now because I like it. I like that kind of stuff. I, I like diversity when it comes to music too, though. Cool. Well, just, I can change. I can send you something. Yeah. Just not country. <laughs> I can't listen Lisa may to not them. want to meet you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I can respect country lovers. I just can't listen to their music is all right. <laughs> it's cool. All right, I have to share this experience. You know, I love talking about food. Duh, right. Everybody knows that now. Food. Oh God, you and your food talk. You, you make me so hungry listening to your food talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me show you another one. Well, actually, this isn't going to make you hungry, but it's just kind of a cool story. I'm going to let you make us hungry. How about that? If you have a good story, but I, I got to tell you about this very cool story. So there's a place, uh, well, at least in the U S you might, I don't know if you have it or not, but uh, mod pizza. Do you have that? No, we don't. I don't know how long they've been around. We finally got one here, but um, anyway, it's, it is a chain, but I like their style. It's something I'd never seen before, but you know what, when you go to like a Qdoba or something like that and you know, they make it in front of you. When you go down the line, you tell them what ingredients you want in your whatever. Mm-hmm. So they do this with pizza where it's a, you know, it's a one price for the pizza. And then, you know, you put as many ingredients and as much on as you want kind of thing. And they, so it's like a, it's like a subway or Mr. Subway. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, okay. 
So I wanted to get a pizza. Sarah and I went in there and, and um, I had three awesome conversations. We first get in there and, and you know, it was the first girl that was helping us. And anyway, I don't remember what it was. Oh, she said, what, what's the name? Or she said oh, something like, um, give me a cool name or something like that. <laughs> and I was like, Brian. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You need a cool name. <laughs> and Sarah's like, yeah, something like Han Solo. I said, yeah, Han Solo is cool, but you know, it's kind of common, right? And I said, what about like Yoda? She goes, I will put Yoda down. She goes, oh my gosh, you have no idea how much you've blessed me right now. And I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, I love Star Wars. It is my favorite movie, whatever. We had this awesome conversation. <laughs> that is so cool. It was great. And, she, and you know, then she, you know, proceeds to tell us that her boyfriend doesn't like Star Wars and she dragged what? him to go see Rogue One. And it was this kind of hilarious butting of heads kind of thing. And at one in the morning, they were at a Walmart and they were having a lightsaber duel. And, you know, her lightsaber was better than his kind of thing. You know, it was hilarious. It was hilarious. But how she's this, I mean, I mean, she really, she would probably put most Star Wars fans to, to shame. It was awesome. But it was so funny. Anyway, very, very nice conversation. And then like right after that, this other girl that was there and we were talking about a Darth Vader slash, but it was a mug that, you know, that was going to be made. And I said, well, I actually had a Yoda goblet that somebody gave me. It just wasn't made well. So it started to crack. I'm like, no, because it was awesome. Of all things, this lady that we're talking with who is checking us out says, well, I, uh, I'm a ceramicist. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? She's like, yeah, I make mugs and, and all kinds of ceramic things. And I'm like, oh my gosh, are you, what are the chances? So I'm asking her why my Yoda goblet cracked and she's explaining, you know, why and blah, blah, blah. It wasn't fired correctly or the heat wasn't right or so on and so forth. And I thought this is so random. And then she goes here, check out my ceramic stuff. I'm like, I might have to commission you to make some, you know, cool things. And then the next person we're talking with, you know, oh, hey, how's it going? Blah, blah, blah. And she's talking about that. She worked um, at a previous food establishment. I won't mention names or anything like that. Uh, Really, really neat conversation that there were some unhealthy and unethical business practices at this other place. And she actually took a stand, which I was like, wow, imagine that like somebody taking a stand for something that's not right. And, you know, of course was asked to leave, which is a good thing though. Right. So she took a stand. She did what was right. She came here working there and everything. But I thought, Oh my gosh, this is all on the, you know, a span of less than 10 minutes. I'm having these awesome conversations just to get a pizza. And I thought, you know what? I don't even need to eat anymore. I just had three awesome conversations with people. How incredible. You know how cool that is? Based on what our topic of conversation is going to be coming up, <laughs> this is exactly why you need to look up and talk to people around you. That is so cool. I'll be honest. I was very surprised that we had these three conversations in the same establishment. I don't have that experience very often. Most of the time, I'm trying to engage in conversation like that because, hey, I'm an extrovert, Right. And mm. most people can't do it. They're awkward. They're shy. They, yeah, whatever. They just won't. And to have three amazing conversations like that in the same place at the same time, it's like, what? So that's, it's kind of a rare thing, but wow. And how did you feel when you walked out of there? How did you feel? Top of the world, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was such an awesome experience and yeah, the pizza is great, but day three of them absolutely will make me want to come back. And chat with them again and get more pizza. <laughs> cool. I was blessed. Well, I didn't realize you could buy sort of pre-made pizza crust because I'm like you. I'm on kind of a gluten-free diet right now. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know you could get gluten-free pizza crust. But Lisa turned me on to it that Costco comes with cheese and sauce on it already. And it's up to you to put whatever you want on it. And I have mm. 
gotten into that. I have started creating all these different concoctions of pizzas. I put things like spinach on there and turkey bacon and uh, ground ground turkey that I've pre-fried up and you know pineapple and all these different things and I keep trying different variations of it and man these are some good homemade pizzas. Nice. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, I do right. love good homemade pizzas. Yeah. Well, they're healthy too. It's you're putting on what you want to eat, uh, so That's they're true. a lot a lot healthier and you know. Okay, so you brought up gluten free pizza crust, mm-hmm. and I should clarify by the way, I'm not on a gluten free diet per se. However, yeah, like you're right with with good, healthy, gluten free crusts, like if they're made out of nut flours or something, you know, then, you know, they're nuts, right? They're not bad for you. And then if you're putting on healthy cheese like grass fed or whatever, but yeah, you can put on some very healthy sourced things, ingredients, you know, and you're right. I mean, in general, a pizza actually is a fairly balanced and can be very healthy. And in other ways, it can be very unhealthy, too, depending on what you put on it. But (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's it's very true. I started this whole thing when my mom found out she was celiac. I I got this from Tim Ferriss when he wrote the uh, four hour body, which was a second book about that. And he talks about, you know, the, the unfortunate dangers of grains. And then of course, Abel James, who is the wild diet guy and the fat burning man podcast and all that. And I'm hoping to have him on the show here actually in the near future. He cool. talked about, you know, he's in the, he was in the, the fortune 500 industry when it comes to food, the big food, that kind of thing. And, um, you know, so he has a lot of the science behind basically where our wheat comes from today and how it's nothing like what our original wheat used to look like. And so it's, you know, just not as good for us anymore in his opinion. And, and based on some studies contributed to a lot of the gluten intolerance that's out there is because we're eating stuff that has been genetically modified, right? Right. GMOs. Not yeah. Good. As a result, I've chosen to eat a lot less grains because I have not found anything healthy or good. At least anything I've read or heard from, I've never found anything positive about eating grains, <laughs> which is really sad. So I've decided that, you know, I'm going to eat what I call clean five, six days a week, and then I'll take a day off or maybe the weekend off, you know, just to kind of eat whatever. So if I want to eat a, a full grain pizza, you know, gluten filled pizza, shake gluten on it, you know, go to town, whatever, you know, <laughs> I'm going to have fun once in a while. I'm going to live, you know, but at the same time, try to be a little bit more intentional about what I eat. So from that said, I just wanted to, to say that little side note that, yeah, I, I like the idea of eating a gluten free pizza, gluten free pizza crust. Gosh, say that 10 times fast um, <laughs> at 10 X speed too, by the way. So I, I'm trying to to be a little bit more intentional about that because I think it's a really good idea. And then Sarah's been reading Grain Brain by Dr. Perlmutter, but apparently he has some scientific study slash case studies or whatever the heck they do. What are, what are those things called? You know, because you're blanking, it's causing me to blank. <laughs> no, I, I do know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, they say you got to have this to prove it. I think case study is right. Case studies part. Yeah, it's one of the terms. Anyway, he has studies linking the consumption of modern day grains to dementia and Alzheimer's. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? That scares me a little bit, dude. Yeah. Well, and I it's, love grain. I lo- we just talked about bread last week and I love bread and I'm like, Oh no. <laughs> and bread, bread is our basic, most basic food. We've been eating it for hundreds I of years. I, know. I mean, you go, go back to whatever, medieval king arthur kind of timelines bread was their staple you ate bread at every meal that's what you your that was your main sustenance but again it was ancient grains yeah and as of world it war was, ii they had to change things they had to make things grow faster so mm-hmm. they modified the wheat 
Mm-hmm. Based on what I've read, I think that's the problem. I think if we hadn't modified the wheat, we'd probably be fine or at least better. Same goes for uh, fruits and vegetables too. They're also genetically modified now. In fact, interesting, <sighs> yeah. interesting little fact. I have a friend in Toronto who is a nutritionist and she was telling me a little while ago that uh, let's say use a head of spinach for as an example. In order to get the same nutrient value out of a head of spinach from 20 years ago, you would have to eat 15 of them today. Well, Sarah's dad is a soil scientist and he spent his entire career studying soil. You're supposed to what? Farm the land for seven years and then give it a year to rest? Yep, something like that. Yeah. And because we've never done that, a good percentage of the soil is depleted. And so, and this is his study, he figured this out. And he basically found that he said, you know what? We don't even get the nutrients out of the soil anymore. We can't. Sometimes you can, but it's rare now. And most of the soils now don't produce hardly anything when it comes to nutrients. So yeah, it doesn't taste like anything anymore. No. Gosh, man. So not that we weren't trying to get everybody down here because, you know, we love good food. And and I, I will be the first to tell you that pizza and cookies are my weakness. I am a junk food lover. You kind of go, I guess I have to eat healthy most of the time and choose foods that are good and healthy and sourced well. And once in a while, binge. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, me too. Since it is also Galactic Video Game Appreciation Week. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Back to that. I thought we'd throw out a couple things here on uh, some some games that uh, I enjoy. We're going to nerd out here for a minute. Three games really quickly that I've had the pleasure of having experience with in the last, let's just say recently. Guild Wars 2. These aren't brand new games per se. Overwatch is fairly new. Overwatch is the second one. And then Saints Row 4, which I cannot recommend Saints Row because there are some things in there that I would probably label inappropriate. So for those of you who are like, ah, whatever, I don't care, then enjoy. For those of you who are sensitive, eh, I wouldn't recommend that. But Overwatch Guild Wars 2, yes, highly recommend both those. And you and I have had the opportunity mm-hmm. to uh, join in on Guild Wars, which is awesome. Very Lord of the Rings, Dungeon Dragons-esque kind of feel. It's fantasy-based. You got, you know, wizards and trolls and skeletons and goblins, all that kind of stuff in there. (laughs) Yes, it it is very Lord of the Rings-ish, and I think that's that's a very good description. You watch Lord of the Rings, you play this game, very similar. Yeah, so, I mean, what is it about this game? Why does it enthrall us? It's, I mean, it's such a huge fantasy world that they've created um and it to me it rivals the best of the epic stories like lord of the rings because it's, it's like a living breathing world that you get to wander around in and become a character within this world and whether you play by yourself or you play with your friends you can enjoy the visuals and enjoy yeah. the stories and i mean there's a main quest you can follow or there's tons of side quests or you can just wander and not even worry about taking up any quests just wander the land you know, you're right about that. I think um, the thing that kind of drew me in to the first Guild Wars was that the story was just, I mean, incredible. And I mean, I've said this before on the Real Brian show. I love good stories. And yeah. the story in Guild Wars, the, the first one was exceptional. I mean, it really drew you in so much that you felt like you were living the story and you cared about what happened and all that. It was really good. Um, we both agree that we don't think Guild Wars 2, this, the main storyline anyway, is, is nearly as good as, as the first one. But, you know, it's still a good story. They have a bunch of different things you can do. Like you said, follow the story, do quests, that kind of thing. But there's also achievements, big achievements that you can get by just exploring the entire world. When you say it's a big world, like 
wow, it, it, that's an understatement. And it is huge. Like just going around to the different continents and, and stuff that you can see, it, it takes forever. But just in a year of playing casually, we've barely scratched the surface. A friend of ours does play a lot, a lot more than we do. And he's still only explored like 80 something percent of the, of the map of the world. Uh, and that's a lot of gameplay, by the way. What I respect about this game, the developers have put together, in my opinion, a masterpiece. They've developed artwork. Like when you're looking around in this world, it looks real. It looks like you're up in the mountains or, you know, you're out in the, uh, the desert or whatever, you know, and everything is so beautifully designed. The artwork in it's incredible. A lot of games, for example, will you'll go to a different area and it has the same structure. So like that mountain will look exactly the same as the mountain in a different area. You know what I mean? Like it's the same exact structure, same exact elevation, bumps, everything, whatever you want to call it. And in Guild Wars, it's not that way. Everything is different. Everything's unique. Uh, I mean, they even go as far as you go into a tavern or a building or a courthouse or whatever, and they have artwork on the walls that they've created individually as well. It's like, what is incredible. It's just so detailed. And I think that's what I love so much about the game is less about playing the game as much as you're just like, it's like you're going into an art gallery. (laughs) It's incredible. Well, attention to detail, you hit, hit it right on the head there. I can only imagine how much work and effort it put into creating this game because there is so much detail in there. Yeah. And like you said, everything is different no matter what area you're in. There's no two places, no two locations that are the same. Yeah. Even going from building to building, it like, yeah, it's I just uh, you can tell that they love what they were doing, putting this world together. Totally. There are so many wonderful single player games out there that I've heard about. And people say the story is incredible. And I never buy them because one, I don't have time to play games by myself. Two gaming for me is less about the game and more about like us getting together and hanging out. And uh, you know, that's the thing. Like we, I've got friends that we, we get together, we game and it's again, it's less about the game. It's about, this is an opportunity for us to connect in community. And uh, so I never play single player games because of that, mm-hmm. but it kind of goes in with our conversation that we're going to have here shortly about kind of the whole looking up and building community and that kind of thing through that. Um, but it just got me thinking that I was like, oh, here we are talking about video games and then we're going to be having this conversation in a minute. It's <laughs> going to seem like an antithesis, but I think, again, it depends on how you approach it. Let's do this. So you posed a question to me that I want you to pose to all of us. So other than our obvious current comic book based TV shows, Flash, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, Supergirl, Gotham, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., what two TV shows do you absolutely just love that are on right now? For me, the two that I'm having fun that are airing right now, I am loving Hawaii Five O. Hmm. That's one of my shows I'm going to give to you. It's it's the perfect guy show, and I don't mean to make that as a sexist comment. It's just when you think of a guy show or a guy's movie, it's got tons of gun shooting action and car chases and foot racing, like foot chase sequences, yeah. uh, lots of stunts and beautiful cars, and it's set in Hawaii, so the locations are always gorgeous. Yeah. But what's funny about the show? that makes it stand out is its heart Hmm. at the core. The acting is stellar. While you're there to just enjoy the action, you suddenly realize how good of the story is in each episode. And suddenly at the end, you might have a tear in your eye or you're pumping your fist. Yeah, get them. It's it's crazy. And it surprised me that for a basic action show, how many times it's made my eyes watery and it's touched me Hmm. in a way. I mean, one of the episodes I remember 
is when Carol Burnett guest starred. Oh wow! And because they and it's kind of funny because Magnum PI was a TV show about a private detective based in Hawaii, and Carol Burnett guest starred on that show quite a bit. And now she's guest starring on Hawaii Five O, which is also a Hawaii-based police show. Anyway, the show, the episode ended with her, with all of them being at a, a beachside lounge where they have live music and they encouraged her to go up on stage and sing a song. And if you grew up at all watching the Carol Burnett show and know what kind of an entertainer that she is. Oh yeah. And I think she's in her seventies now or whatever. And she started singing. It was beautiful. Nice. And it brought me to tears because you're realizing like for me anyway, growing up with Carol Burnett, you're realizing the icon that she is and what, what you're witnessing right now and that she is bringing this to Hawaii Five-0 and they get to include her. And it was just, it was amazing. It was a magical moment. Mm, that's cool. <laughs> and, th- and this is on a guy's action show. So there you go. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's neat. <laughs> uh, being on the winter break right now, you know, with our, our superhero shows being on break, you know, they're, they're, nothing's airing in that, mm. in that field anyway. And that's primarily what I focus on, you know, and uh, for the fall, it was pretty much, Flash, Arrow, Legend, Supergirl, and that's that's pretty much what I watched. I only had time for that. You know, when everything went off the air, I watched, uh, well, Dark Matter, which is now one of my favorite TV shows. Oh, man, oh, that is the gosh. one. I that's... love that show. Uh, but again, I'm a huge sci-fi fan, and the creators were uh, responsible for, well, at least partially, if not entirely responsible for the Stargate shows, which I loved the Stargate shows. So definitely my type of style, very sci-fi, very futuristic, that kind of thing. So I I really enjoyed that show right now. I'm watching Luke Cage Mm -hmm. and I'm getting through it. I love that show. I can't say it's in my top favorites necessarily because there are some things that I absolutely love about that show and have been drawn into and other things that I'm kind of like, I don't have any criticisms, but it's just anyway. So Mm -hmm. number one's dark matter. Number two, I would say Shannara Chronicles, which uh, is coming back here. I think in January, I think it's actually, I, I think. Right. I'm not entirely sure, but they did season one this last year and then season two comes in this year. I loved season one. Now I know it's a book series. Wow. (laughs) I mean, I just loved it. Now, granted it's MTV. So I have one gripe. They love the cheesy romance stuff. Gotcha. They have to throw that in there where you have these moments. They're not very much though, which is great. They have these moments where you're like, really? I mean, did you really have to do that? The show is like epic. And I mean, it's like, it's like Lord of the Rings. And then you have this little cheesy romance thing. And I'm like, really? (laughs) Come on. Let's, let's not do that in season two, please. But beyond those little moments, the stories are phenomenal. Loved them. It it, it did remind me a lot of Lord of the Rings. This is ironic. So John Reese Davies, who plays Gimli in Lord of the Rings as a dwarf who hates elves ironically plays an elf in Shannara Chronicles. <laughs> Isn't he like king or lord of the elves or something? Exactly. Too? Yes. That's why I like, and, and I, I don't know if they did that on purpose, but for me as a fan, that is hilarious. And then hilarious. Uh, one of our favorite characters in Arrow who played Slade Wilson, Deathstroke, Manu Bennett. Oh, I love Manu Bennett. Oh, he's awesome. And he plays the Druid in Shannara Chronicles and his so character cool. is so awesome. So cool. Yeah, you're going to love it. If you haven't seen it, right? I haven't. Well, yeah, I haven't started it yet. I do have it sitting on standby, ready to watch. So that'll be one of my off-season watches for sure. Can I just ask why you're sitting here recording with me right now? You need to go watch it <laughs> right now. <laughs> well, fantasy is my favorite genre. I love nice. sword and sorcery epics. So, uh, you know, mm. yet another reason why we get along, the, the sci-fi, the fantasy. Yeah. Um, and 
I'm going to watch it because of that, but also because of Manu Bennett. He is phenomenal, not only from Arrow, but I loved him in the Spartacus series. But Manu Bennett, I also got to meet him. And in person, he is one of the greatest human beings I've ever met. He is just awesome. He is one of these celebrities that gives every single fan time. He does not rush you or push you through. He wants to talk to you. He wants to listen to your whatever it is you have to say. He's just a phenomenal person. Before you leave Dark Matter, I wanted to ask you one question about Dark Matter. The first season, did you not, watching the first season of Dark Matter, did you not feel like these guys are fans of Firefly? Oh, yeah. Season one, almost all of the episodes, all the stories, you could tell that they pulled from Firefly and they're like, okay, we love this episode of Firefly. We're going to take that story and we're going to tweak it and make it fit in our universe. And it just, then that's probably, that's part of the reason why I loved it so much. Interesting. Yeah. Cause I was like, wow, this, this reminds me of Firefly. This, this reminds me of the train job. Well, this reminds me oh, of yeah. that episode. That's and, true. And then I did feel that it was a very Firefly ish feel. Um, but again, it also felt like Stargate. So it was like a cross between Stargate and Firefly, which I liked. Right. Right. But and we, and season two wasn't as much. No, no. It, season two definitely took a different direction, but still mm. just as good. And you and me got to meet the android from Dark Matter. You know, it's hilarious in Atlanta. I didn't know that's who that was until just recently because you didn't. You weren't watching the show at that time. No, I hadn't watched it and I didn't know her. For, <laughs> was she in like Lost Girl too? Yep. Zoe Palmer. Um, Zoe Palmer. Exactly. It's so funny because we totally met her. I took a picture of you guys. Really, really nice girl, by the way. I'm like, I don't know who this chick is. Um, and I'm fanboying out over like, oh my I God, remember that. And I'm like, I don't know why you're fanboying over this girl because I don't even know who she is. And I took this picture and I actually ran across the Atlanta pictures two weeks ago, three, two or three weeks ago. And, so cool. and by the way, I, I didn't put it together because I watched Dark Matter and I'm like, she looks familiar, but I don't know who she is, whatever. And I ran across that picture with you and Zoe. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's, that's her. That's the Android. That's Android. Just, we met her. I didn't even know it. <laughs> uh, I feel like such an idiot, but yeah, no, she was really, really nice in person. I remember that now. Since you like dark matter, you need to try Killjoys. That's what Kevin said. A lot more humor oriented. It's got Good. a lot more quick wit and funny, but the exact same type of sci-fi universe. And it's uh, the two of them are, they're, they're like twisted to the hips or something. They're wow. awesome. Yeah. Kevin uh, podcast overlord was like, uh, Hey Brian, you, you, you got, you got to watch, you got to watch Killjoys. You're going to love it. I mean, you really need to watch it. You're going to love it. Five, four, three, two, one, watch it, do it, do it, do it now, <laughs> do it. Come on. He sent me so many emails about, you know, his passion for Killjoys and these, these promotional videos and then, you know, articles about, it. he was so excited. It was hilarious. Um, but I will say, Kevin, that it is on my list now to watch. Uh, I just got to figure out where to watch it because I'm not even sure where it is right now. Cool. Well, I'm backing him on that. <laughs> and speaking of that genre. Yes. So I have to share a hilarious story about this because, first of all, I only was excited about Rogue One, which we've talked about you know, during the Christmas season. But mm-hmm. I saw Passengers. The preview looked fascinating. I was excited to see it. But again, it got overshadowed by Rogue One. And then I read a couple of reviews one of the reviews was like, it's the perfect date movie. And I'm thinking, well, uh, that doesn't sound like a guy's sci-fi movie night. So I kind of put it off here. I am with the last review comment in my mind. It's the perfect date movie. (laughs) My friend, Fred, he's like, dude, I got to go see this movie. He's like, let's go see it. So I'm like, yeah, let's do it, man. And all in the back of my mind, perfect date movie. And I'm sitting here thinking, I wonder if I should bring Sarah and Fred should bring his wife. 
because I just don't want to go into a movie with another guy for the perfect date movie. This is going to be awkward. (laughs) (laughs) So we go and I, I, we get in there and I'm and like, yep, most of the people around us, it's the dates guy with his girl, girl with her guy. And then there's Fred and me. like this is just god oh what am i doing you know but uh, I mean, Fred and i don't even think he's like whatever right we're, we're not whoop-de-doo but i'm just thinking i just really hope this isn't one of those like romance dramas so we get into the movie and immediately i am absolutely mesmerized this movie captivated me i've got to say this the story itself is not that complicated it's not that extensive and it's not even really that amazing. It's a very basic story. It's a pretty slightly predictable story in some ways, but it's beautifully told, wonderfully done. It's still a captivating story. The scenes in it were great. And guess what? It's an original movie. It's not a sequel or a reboot. <gasps> and the acting was great. The cinematography and the special effects in the movie were unbelievable. But I remember walking out of that movie and looking at Fred and going, that was no date movie. That was no, I mean, it, there was romance. There wasn't a, a relationship, but that was not a romantic comedy or a romantic drama at all. That was a sci-fi movie with a relationship in it. And then we were both like, do you think Sarah and Karen would want to come to this movie? And I'm like, I don't know. I, I, I think it might be a little too sci-fi intense for her. I walked out of that movie going, <laughs> that was awesome. I didn't expect that. First thing I'm going to say is if you haven't seen this movie, Go see it. Give this movie some love because wow. it deserves it. I can I could basically re-say everything that you just said, even down to your story about going with a buddy because it <laughs> ended up being just me and my friend Jay. Yeah. Because <laughs> Lisa was not interested in it. She's like, nah, sci-fi, I don't really want to see it. <laughs> so there's me and my buddy sitting in the theater. Exact same thing. That's funny. But interesting enough. After watching it and seeing, like, I, I agree with you exactly wholeheartedly. It's a sci-fi movie with a relationship at its heart. Yeah. But that part of it, I had wished Lisa was with me because it was such a powerful story yeah, between those true. two characters. Like you, I was hooked within the first five minutes because those opening sequence shots of the ship and the space travel, I was sucked in right away. I was, Whoa, this looks amazing. You know, when when our first character comes on screen and he starts wandering around the ship without giving too much away, the technology, the future, the futuristic yeah. advancements, just everything. I was thinking that is cool. That is cool. That's cool. Yeah. I wish we had that. It was it was a a positive future to look towards as to the things that they created to to make life better for humans and stuff. When yeah. especially when they're traveling on a spaceship. Yeah, yeah. Can I? Okay, can I say something about the technology really quick? Because you yeah. said something there that just sparked. I thought I hadn't had yet until just now. I grew up with Star Trek The Next Generation. Me too. When that show was airing, the technology on that show was fantastic. It was something we hadn't had yet. It was truly futuristic. It was something truly to be mesmerized and, and you know, excited about. And and they even say that the iPhone and, and all of our, you know, Android devices and everything now, the iPad and everything, the only reason that we even have those things today is because of Star Trek because the pad that they used to use in Star Trek The Next Generation inspired the iPhone and the iPad. That, I think, was probably the last time that I've ever been blown away by futuristic technology in a movie or in a story or in a TV show or whatever. 
because mm. ever since then people just haven't been able to get creative enough to come up with something new and or it's so close to what we already have it's like hey we're two three hundred years in the future and here's our science you know our, our futuristic technology and i'm like dude we pretty much have that right now passengers was the first movie slash tv show etc that i've that i've seen since probably star trek the next generation that i was actually blown away by the technology i love how you worded that that's that's bang on it's nice to see that it's nice to see that somebody's thinking beyond you know uh, outside of the box basically and beyond our reality right now which is really cool also what you said like it no it's not a brand new story idea it's you know it's, it's not a very deep fresh idea or anything but it's it's the way that it's told and the way they develop the characters relationships and what happens on the ship it's just the way the whole thing was put together it was it's a well done movie and i wish it had another 20 minutes to go in it you know because yeah. i was enjoying the ride so much and it's good that it didn't though because then you know it left us wanting more yeah well that's true you remember when titanic came out yep first time i, I saw titanic now granted granted i was fascinated by the history of titanic when i was younger prior to the movie coming out. Like I actually did research. I did a a high school or something. It was one of those school time papers on the sinking of Titanic once. And so I did a lot of research on it. And when I heard they were going to be doing a movie about it, I got all excited. I would actually like to say that passengers in some way is, is sort of similar to a sci-fi version of Titanic. Definitely less romance, which is a good thing. Some of the romance in Titanic was cool and some of it was a little overdone, but that's a different story, but I loved the history of the movie of Titanic, obviously, and I loved the way that they portrayed it and the attention to detail that they did with that. And so in many ways, when I saw that movie for the first time, it felt very magical to me, like I was being transported to that year, that voyage, and actually going down with the Titanic. They did such a good job with it. That's exactly how I felt with Passengers, is that I felt like I was being transported to the ship that I was actually there in the future, you know, journeying with them on this voyage, it, it was, you know, for, for somebody to do something like that and captivate you and bring you in <sighs> respect, man. That's such a perfect way to describe this. And I, I'm totally with you on that. You, that's, that's exactly how you've captured the feeling you get after you've walked out of this movie. You've totally encapsulated it with what you just said. Titanic in space, the same kind of feeling you felt like you were there with them. You, you were just like the silent, the silent observer in the background watch, you know, experiencing this whole journey with them. Yeah. Yeah. We we were the, uh, the prisoner in the brig banging on the wall, telling them stop. No, don't. (laughs) And they can't hear you. Right. You know, you're banging and you can, but you know, on the outside, you don't hear anything because we're both on movie dates with our buddies. So we're (laughs) in the, we're in the corner of the bar scene there. Sitting there awkwardly (laughs) with the, with the Android bartender. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, you know, what's uh, funny is that when you get into the movie though, I'm like, Oh, this isn't even awkward at all. It no. was the fact that that stupid review had said the perfect date movie. And I'm like, if I had never read that, I wouldn't even have thought of that. I just been like, yeah, let's go, man. It's a sci-fi movie. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't think Fred even knew about that until afterwards. So right. Yeah. I just ruined the entire experience from, <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, I want to say thank you, by the way, flash for bringing this up. You sent me a video by Simon Sinek. Don't know a whole lot about him background wise, but definitely a thought leader in, in this whole area. It's titled Millennials in the Workplace, which I found interesting because he does talk about millennials in the workplace, but that's to me, that's not the main message. Um, no, that's just kind of the starting point. Yeah. As we got into it, I was just like, 
and I mentioned this earlier, just just powerful, very, very powerful stuff. So a couple things really quickly, just to kind of um, throw this out there. Millennials in his classification are those who were born in 1984 and later. Now, okay. I've heard different things out there. I've heard uh, as early as 1982 or 1981. Um, and I've heard that the millennial generation only goes up until, uh, I believe, born up until 2000 or something like that. Anyone born after 2000 is considered the I generation or the me generation or something like that. So there's like everybody's got their own little things. But for purposes of consistency, we're going to say millennials born in 1984 or later. Uh, Flash, you and I are just outside of the millennial generation. Uh, a few years outside of that, we're Gen Xers. The first half of my life was very Gen X influenced. The second half of my current life so far was millennial influenced. And so I feel like I've kind of got the best and the worst of both worlds, <laughs> interestingly enough. It's so, so true, but I like it. I like we are kind of on the cusp or on the fence, whatever way you want to term it. We are right in the middle yeah. as one generation is ending and the next one's starting. So we yeah. we're growing from one into the other. I know a lot of people, they blame millennials. They say millennials are the problem. Yeah, maybe millennials are more like that because that's kind of like that's been their entire life. So maybe they have those traits that people can't stand. But just as I said, we Gen Xers have developed many of those traits as well because it's part of our culture. And I know baby boomers who do the same kind of thing that everybody complains about as well. So I don't think that it has anything to do with millennials at all. I don't think if you're a millennial, you're the problem. I think the problem is where our culture as a whole has gone and whether or not you've adopted the problems that everybody's complaining about. Because right. you could be a Gen Xer or a baby boomer adopting these things and you're just as much the problem, but you're not a millennial. You know what I mean? And I know some millennials who are like super, super mature and don't even fall into this category at all. So yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there first of all talks about millennials in the workplace, but like I said, it goes a lot more into some different things, i.e. social media and uh, how addicted we are to our phones and or social media, texting, all that good stuff. So I find this interesting. Some of this is kind of a duh thing. It's not very, you know, kind of like, well, whatever. Maybe some of you will be like, oh, wow, I haven't heard of this before. I haven't thought about it. And that's a good thing. Some of you are going to be like, yeah, I've already heard this. That's fine. But, uh, you know, he does talk about that. We you know with Facebook. Yeah, we've heard this before, right? We pretend like we have it all together. We know what we're doing. Our life's perfect. Everything's great. That's what we post up there. But the reality is, is the reason, according to him and according to these studies that he was talking about in this video, the reason we do that is because we have a low self-esteem. You have low self-esteem, but you want to put the face up that you that everything's great. Yep. The happy pictures and the, you know, the posts about all the great things you're doing, even though you're not. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was an interesting point that uh, he, or interesting topic that he got into, revolving around that. That, and the way I look at it is that it, Facebook, especially, is kind of an escape. Yeah, just like, and and he goes into it later, just like uh, alcohol or gambling or whatever it is. You're not happy with whatever's going on in your life, whatever it is. Facebook is an escape. You can disappear into that little social media app scrolling, clicking like. Yeah. Uh, you know, you brought up the, the alcohol thing. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Something he said there. I didn't know this. Um, apparently studies have shown this to be true now, according to Simon. Mm -hmm. um, and if this really is true, holy cow, uh, you know, alcohol, drugs, porn, all of those things 
create higher levels of dopamine in your brain, right? So and that's why it becomes so addictive. Yeah, exactly. Right. You're addicted to the dopamine in your brain to the, to the at least the rise of dopamine. And he said yep. that when somebody receives a text or, you know, gets positive recognition on social media, your phone, texting, social media, all of that stuff creates an equivalent level of dopamine in your brain as alcohol, drugs, all that stuff. Yep. Holy crap. That's shocking, isn't it? I, what? That's scary, dude. Yeah. It's freaking addiction, man. Yeah, it is. And I'm guilty of that. I mean, I. <laughs> we all are. Yeah. Just like anything else, it, it's hard for people to accept. Like, what? Facebook? Twitter? That, yeah. That's not, it's not like drugs. What do you mean addicted? I'm not addicted to it. Well, how come every five seconds I see you grabbing your phone and starting to do a quick thumb scroll through Facebook in case you miss something? Yeah, <laughs> I know. You know? It's amazing when you when you watch something like this and then you start to think about it. I tell you what, man, I, I have struggled so much with meaningful community recently. So, you know, three to five years. What I find is that people are increasingly busier than they used to be. It's kind of like everybody's always busy and everybody's always been busy, but not to this level. Five plus years ago, you know, I didn't have the problem developing deeper relationships. And within the last, let's say, three to five years, I've had a harder time developing deeper relationships with people. And I was trying to figure out what, what the problem was. Why can't we have community that lasts and why are people jumping from thing to thing and friend to friend and everything else? And it's like the bright, shiny object syndrome, you know, it's like the bright, shiny friendship syndrome. (laughs) And he talks about this, that because of social media, because of that dopamine level that is created with social media, that people are now having a very difficult time developing deep, meaningful relationships because a deep, meaningful relationship is messy. It's hard. You know, it, it takes time. You're going to see the crap of people, right? But on social media, you never see the bad stuff. You never have to deal with the hard stuff. You never have to. Everything's instant, right? Oh, I'm going to text somebody. Boom. Somebody texts back. But we're all talking about the best things in our life. So Facebook is just one giant, happy, fluffy cloud in the sky. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so it's, we never have to worry about going into the depths and going into the crap and dealing with the hard stuff and the hurts and everything because we never have to go there. And if it ever goes there, we unfriend them and we move to the next person. Yeah. People have shied away from that now because they're forced. Well, they're because they no longer have to deal with it. So it's yeah. developed now into this social behavior like, oh, you're depressed, Pff, whatever. Hey, how, how's this friend over here? You know, they look like they're having fun. I'm, I'm going to go click like on that picture instead. Yeah. I've talked to people who have said to me that they have a hard time developing deep meaningful relationships as well. It's not that I've just experienced it. It's that a lot of people I know are experiencing this, but I'm also finding that a lot of those people don't let it happen. Like they run away from it before it happens. Well, yeah, they're not willing to put in the time. They need instant gratification. Yeah. If something can't happen with a click or a swipe, right? Like he was saying in the video, that was one of my favorite parts when he was saying, you know, you don't have to develop the social skills anymore. People don't, you know, that uncomfortable, you want to ask someone out on a date kind of thing. And you're like, hi, my name is, you know, that that was a great part of the video. Yeah. He says nowadays you just go to whether it's Facebook or a dating site or whatever. And like he said, swipe right, click like whatever and Mm. (laughs) oh she doesn't like me next person just like you said yeah they need instant gratification and that's that has affected all of our real life relationships 
Yeah. And I think, by the way, I think we should be saying that we need instant gratification because, you know, you and I are not immune to this. No, that's true. You're right. So when the iPhone first came out in 2008, um, I was an early adopter, loved it. And I got addicted to it very fast. And I was addicted to Facebook, man. Holy crap. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> but this was back when Facebook was a little bit more like direct. You'd put something on your wall and, or uh, yeah, you would post something and people would see it. And it's a, a lot more, in my opinion, overwhelming. And I think a lot of people would agree with me on that. It's just, it's chaos now. Social media bit me because again, there's nothing deep, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, the deep relationships, you go through a hard time, you you go through a difficult situation or whatever. And you know what? A good friend, you're going to work through it. But with people that you don't have that depth with, like you said, swipe right, move to the next person. And so I was disillusioned by social media. I didn't want anything to do with it. And so I went off it for a couple of years and then came back and was just like, nah, you know, I don't like it as much anymore. I don't care. I want true friends. I want good friends. So thankfully I have never been as addicted to social media ever since. I actually love putting the phone down and not thinking about it for a while. Um, yeah. But at times I find myself, he talks about this. I do find myself when I'm waiting for somebody, you know, like if you're sitting at a, a doctor's office or a, a coffee shop waiting for somebody or whatever, everybody is doing something and you're sitting there and you're waiting and twiddling your thumbs. And if I look around, people are going to think I'm creepy. So I <laughs> look down at my phone because I don't know what else to do. So yeah. I do find myself doing something like that instead of looking up like they talk about but I do know, I mean, I know people who are absolutely addicted to their phones and it's like you're, you're having, and I loved what he said. You go to, let's just say you go to have coffee with somebody or you're at dinner and somebody puts their phone on the table and yep. it's like the text comes, they immediately grab their phone and look at it in the middle of a conversation. You're like, dude, seriously I'm talking to you right now, man, come on. Or they're, yeah. they're using it to check the time or a phone call comes in and they immediately answer it in the middle of a conversation. I'm like, you know, okay, I'm, I'm a huge on respect, right? You know that. But mm-hmm. for those of you who may or may not really truly understand respect, think of manners. Were we ever taught manners when we were a kid? We totally were. I mm-hmm. mean, I would assume most of us were. To me, manners and respect are very hand in hand. Mm-hmm. You're having a conversation with somebody face to face at a coffee shop. You're eating dinner together. Put your fracking phone away and turn it on silent. It is so disrespectful and so rude to be looking at your phone and checking it when you're having a conversation or having dinner with somebody. Well, even just the act of putting the phone on the table and he talks about that, you are sending a message, a silent subliminal message to that person or a group of people. If you happen to be in a, you know, a meeting or whatever, that they're just not as important as your phone right now. You know, and I, and I, I'm glad he said that because I am very guilty of that. Every single meeting I'm in, I put my phone on my table. And the only reason I do that is because I need to know what time it is. And I, you know, the reminders like 30 minutes to your next meeting or whatever pops up. Mm-hmm. That's why I have it there. <laughs> I didn't realize how that was coming across. <laughs> and I was like, right. oh, and in fact, I was reading another guy, Antonio Centena, who's big on, um, you know, the way you present yourself. And he, he's actually targeting men primarily, you know, about dressing for respect and that kind of thing. But he talks about that. And I read something about putting a cell phone on a, on a table, you know, or on a desk or whatever, when you're meeting with somebody. Even if you're there to check your time or if you pull your cell phone out of your coat or out of your pocket to check the time, he was talking about how rude that is and how disrespectful that is. And I'm like, oh, crap, I've, I've just that's what I've been doing for the past like five years. I never even thought of it. And he said, you need to wear a watch. That's how you check the time, not on your phone. And I was like, oh, 
Now I don't like yeah. wearing a wristwatch at all. Cause I don't like things on my wrist. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm, I, I put a, a brand new battery in my pocket watch. Talk about a statement, right? Nobody wears a pocket watch anymore. I love it. Good on you. Good on you. Uh, I'm a huge fan of pocket watches, you know, <laughs> uh, it's just, oh, it's, it's awesome. Cause it, it goes back to this thing of respect to the person that you're with. Totally. If you're having a conversation with them and you're checking your phone every, th- you know, three, four times to check the time, what's the message that you're conveying to them? They don't know that you have something urgent about to happen. They don't know what's going on. All they're seeing is that, boy, he seems awfully concerned with the time he's spending with me. Does he want to get out of here? Am I boring him? Am I like, what's going on? They're getting a completely different message than you're just checking, keeping an eye on the time. Totally. And that's the thing. Like when I'm checking the time, how do they know I'm not checking a text? Yeah, that was uh, that was kind of a smack in the face to kind of hear about the the whole phone. Well, first of all, just to even learn about the addiction aspect of the dopamine thing. That was just like, oh boy. But also, right. you know, developing deep relationships that I really have been really grieved by the desire to build deep relationships, but the inability to do so because, well, now I understand at least one of the reasons why. There's an inability to build deep relationships because of the social media age. I, I mean, it can still be done, but you know what I mean? Like, I, I think that's part of the reason. And, and I've, I don't know, it's been a, a sad, unfortunately, a sad thing. But well, then again, to go along with that, people who spend more time on social media experience higher levels of depression than those who don't, which is also very shocking and meaning that, okay, well, I'm not the only one that's grieving or experienced the sadness on this. It's a, it's a real thing. You're talking about, developing deep relationships it even comes down to the texting yeah i mean how how shallow or surface oriented is it to just constantly text someone and i think you had mentioned it on your last show especially if you're in your local just pick up the the phone and phone someone yeah like your that's what your cell phone is it's a phone phone them if you got something you want to talk about and it happens even even within my own relationships when everything is Every conversation you have is based in text. You are missing out on the the fluctuation fluctuations in their voice, how they're trying to say something to you. Because how many times do you read a text and you're reading it the wrong way that they meant it to come across? Oh, totally. Right? Yeah. So you're losing out on that. You're losing out on just that kind of conversation too, and it causes problems. Well, you know, the big joke now is uh, phone to talk on? Who uses that anymore? And that's kind of sad to me. It's, it's very sad, dude. I mean, it's funny, but it's sad. <laughs> it's funny, but it's sad. But yeah. I mean, I, I'm old enough to remember rotary dial phones. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think my parents had one. We yeah. didn't really use it, but no, I, yeah, I know yeah. we had one too, just to kind of play around with, but yeah, it worked. I was talking to Sarah about this whole video too. And, and one thing she brought up that if anybody's familiar with Slack, it's another instant messaging tool. Our, uh, one of our groups is on Slack and, Anyway, she had said that if, if, if it weren't for Slack, I wouldn't be in communication with these people on a regular basis. And I thought, we live in the same city as these people. This is ridiculous. What do you mean if it weren't for Slack? <laughs> That's insanity. I don't know. I get really passionate about this, as you can tell right now. I'll I'm say this. You live in Calgary, Canada. I live in Colorado. As I mentioned earlier, we can't just get together like normal people who live in the same city, right? So. Right. The fact that we have social media, the fact that we have Skype is amazing. That's the cool part of social media, right? People who live in different cities, states, countries, or, you know, in our case, different quadrants of the galaxy. You know what I'm (laughs) saying? Like social media and technology is a huge blessing in so many ways. 
And to me, that's allowed us to do podcasting. That's allowed us to connect and build friendships across countries. It's amazing. But when you live in the same city and the only way that you stay in touch with social media, that's a problem. That's a negative. That's an issue. It's a, now it's one thing to say, Hey, I'm going to text you to coordinate, you know, uh, let's get together or, you know, you're not going to get together every day, right? But you might coordinate, say, how are you doing? How are you guys doing today? You know, somebody has been sick. Somebody has been experiencing, you know, a difficult time, right? How are you doing today? What do you need? Can I drop by and give you something or whatever? You know what I mean? That's different. Mm -hmm. But when social media or texting becomes the core of your relationship, when you live less than five minutes away or even 10 minutes away, that's a big problem. Again, being a Gen Xer who first half of the life is Gen X raised, second half is millennial influenced. I can see both sides. I can see the benefit of social media. I can see the benefit of technology. And I can also see the benefit of what it was like before that. You and I connected over social media through TV Talk Arrow. Justina the Green Butterfly. We've connected with her, but I've never Mm -hmm. met her in person. I've met you in person. I've met Emily in person. I've met Kevin, podcast overlord in person. Daryl. CJ Thunder. Yeah, CJ Thunder. All of you guys I've met in person because of either a convention or a conference or something, but we all first met on social media through podcasting through, you know, again, social media through whatever. Right. But I realized something today. Each of you that I've met in person, I'm much closer to than I am with those who, even though I've connected with in social media and I consider a friend like Justina, I'm not as close to her because I've never met her in person. And I realized that's not an intentional thing. It's just it was a realization of that's just what it is because I think there is something so powerful about face to face that when you meet somebody in person, when you interact with them in person, when you get together in person, there is a connection that you just can't have otherwise. Uh Uh-huh. Now the light bulb comes on. Eyes are opened. That's the realization moment right there. It's because you were able to develop the relationship in person with actual face to face interaction. Yeah, and body language makes up the majority of our communication regardless. Yep. And without that body language, you know, you're you're left with what's left, which is not a full picture. Well, I, I, even when you're talking, when you're communicating with people, the facial expressions, and like I already said, hearing their voice, even though you, you and me communicate a lot over Skype, just being able to talk to each other, there's so much more to a person's voice than there is to reading their words on a screen. The fact that we get to connect connect over Skype is incredible. I mean, really, that is a testament to amazing technology. The fact that, you know, we could even do video Skype if we wanted to. Like my my great uncle, we video Skype him on a weekly basis, but he lives in California. We can't see him every day. Mm-hmm. Right. So again, a testament to the amazement and the benefit and the uh, just the awesomeness of technology. So, okay, you and I live in different countries, but then we say, hey, you know, schedule times where Sarah and I can get together with you and Lisa. You know, it may only be a couple times a year or maybe once a year, but you know, we're intentional about it because we live in different countries, right? It's a little more difficult. It's more expensive. But if you live in the same city, no excuse. If it weren't for these devices, there's so many people in the world I would never have had the chance to meet. Yeah. So I owe it to technology because of that. And it's great. It's great to meet those people. But if you want to develop the relationship more than just the words on the screen and a face on the profile picture, then you you meet in person and then the, the relationship develops. Because like Simon said, it takes time. Relationships take time. You got to develop those social skills. Um, what did, He was talking about work as well. At jo- in, in order to get job satisfaction, that's going to take time. There is no instant gratification 
you can't be at a workplace for three months and expect to make an impact or expect to <laughs> yeah. Yeah. lead your team. You, yeah, you can't. It takes time. One of the main purposes of The Real Brian Show is, yes, we're going to address these social issues, but we're going to provide a solution and we're going to provide or be an example of what to do. And I was actually listening to um, the Fat Burning Man, Abel James's podcast, and he had a guy on recently that was talking about how to increase your happiness, right? And he talks about gratitude. And how you need to choose five things or three things each day and say what you're thankful for daily basis. Have gratitude for those three to five things every day. Now, I I need to do that so badly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm trying to. And, and even Sarah's challenged me with it recently. And I'm like, I, I got to do this. You know, a lot of times what we'll do is we'll find or, or we will focus on what is wrong with something or someone. Well, that person does this all the time and I hate it when a person does this or, you know, this person needs to work on that or man, I f- you know what I'm saying? Or yes. well, the problem with this or, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. You focus on what's wrong, what's negative. He said, why don't we instead be an example of what to be, what the way it should be, the way that we, sh- you know, the way that. So if that person is doing something wrong, be an example of how that person should be without telling them, well, you need to do this. Just be an example. Let that person see that. Or if something's going wrong, focus on what's going right. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I mean, I, I know this stuff, but I don't do it very well. I need to do it. But I got to thinking that is exactly what we need to be doing. And I think, you know, and the solution in this scenario too is how can we be an example of these things? And what is the solution? And you just said it, right? Meaningful relationships, meaningful jobs, et cetera. They're slow. They're messy. They're unpredictable. It, it takes a long time to build this. And I think that's what, you know, Simon was talking about too, is build self-confidence, build your skill sets, love life, find a way to love life, like whatever it is, have meaningful joy in your life. And man, I'll tell you what, I am a huge proponent of joy because life's short. In fact, 2016 was a year of a lot of deaths and I'm not just talking celebrity deaths. I'm talking about deaths of people I knew, people that were close to me, people that were close to those I knew, that kind of thing. And I'm like, I could have been one of them. What, what if, right? What if I die tomorrow? Am I going to be thankful for the life I live? I need to live each day like it's the last, man. I need to, you know, be smart and, and you know, have wisdom in every decision I make, of course. But also I need to enjoy life and have joy. And honestly, last week was so stressful down in the depths of all the crap that was going on. And I came out of that and I'm just like, what a waste. What a waste. <laughs> Did I live life those those five days last week or was I consumed with whatever, right? And, and does it mean anything in the long term? And did I actually get anywhere with it? No. Granted, I learned from it, so it wasn't an entire waste. But I got to look back and say, yeah, there's always going to be difficulties. Circumstances are going to suck. Life is going to suck sometimes. So circumstances are going to hit us. But what can we do? You know, what kind of an attitude can we choose and how can we live life to the fullest? Love life is, as Simon says, <laughs> Simon says, <laughs> Sorry. I was waiting for that to come out. <laughs> um, you know, and uh, how can we truly have meaningful joy in our life? And, and dude, that's not easy, but that's not easy to live like that. there's no tomorrow. No, we love gotta, like there's no tomorrow. Oh, yeah. We got to try, yeah. though. I mean, we got to at least mm-hmm. go for that. Yeah. But, you know, he also talks about, um, not having your cell phone at certain times, like just don't even bring it or, or, you know, if you're at the dinner table, keep it in another room. Don't have it in your bedroom at night, charge it in the living room, you know, buy an alarm clock that man, that's something I need to do. 
Wasn't that, that was another point he made because every time he talks about that, people say, but my phone's my alarm clock. I know. Dude, it's mine. Buy an, buy an alarm clock. They're five bucks. I know. And I have one, but I just use my phone. Oops. Oh, yeah. Such an idiot. I know. And then he talks <laughs> about, you know, look around. Okay. This was interesting. So literally I was watching this video at a coffee shop today. So mm-hmm. in preparation for our conversation and he's like, you know, look up, put your phone down and look around, you know, enjoy what's around you. And then he talks about social skills, learning social skills, learning patience. Oh, that's a big one too. Right? So I looked up, turned off the video. I looked up and I looked around and I'm like, wow, all these people are stuck in their screens. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, this is funny. And then a bunch of people were walking by me and I was smiling at them. None of them out of probably 10 or 15 people that walked by me, I literally looked right at them. They had to have seen me. It's obvious, right? I'm staring at them and I'm smiling at them. None of them made eye contact. None of them. Wow. That's ridiculous, dude. (laughs) Yeah. Times have changed like that. eh? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then you sent me two other videos, by the way, which were uh, very emotional statements. I thought, Um, Oh man. Yeah. It goes hand in hand with what Simon said. Especially the one when it's the, I think he's British. The British guy is yeah. talking and it's, it's called look up from your phone. That's the name of the video. And first he does this big rhyming speech where everything rhymes and he's talking about put your phone down and, and you know, be part of the conversation around you, whatever he's going on and on. But I think it's that cause I've watched this a few times. It kind of inspires me every time. It's about at the two minute and 25 second mark when he starts he goes into that story segment about what would you miss if you didn't look up from your phone? Oh, I know. And he goes into that whole relationship thing about the guy, the guy walking down the street, he's lost. He's trying to find his way around. He's got his phone in front of him and a girl passes by and he looks up and he stops to ask her for directions. And she says, she'll take him to where he's going. Mm -hmm. And that sparks a relationship. They end up whatever. And so he goes through this entire life cycle of the two of them falling in love, having a baby, you know, buying their first house and becoming grandparents and whatever. It's, it's a huge emotional story arc all the way to her deathbed where he's holding her hand as uh she's dying, you know, as, as old people. And, and and again, regardless of the life you're going to have, it showed that, you know, this beautiful life of this couple mm -hmm. all the way to the very end. Yeah. Yeah. And as doesn't she, she thanks him for such a great life or something. And yeah. it's, it's all because he like asked it, for directions. Right. And then he brings the video all the way back to the beginning when he's on the street and he's lost. And instead of looking up to ask the girl for directions, he still stares at his phone he and he her. misses out on the entire life that he could have just had. Yeah. It's powerful. It gets me every time I've watched it probably five or six times. Yeah. And I got to say too, you know, there, there's always the what ifs, right? And, and I don't think any of us should ever, ever get caught up in the what ifs because getting caught up in that, getting caught up in regrets will actually cause problems too. But it's an example of just look up a little bit. You never know what's around you. I, I talked to, I, I joked about this, like stop and smell the colors, <laughs> you know, in, in the fall. And the reality is, is, you know, you can smell fall leaves, but you know what I mean? Like when the fall was happening, I remember this year going, I need to just stop and enjoy the beauty of the fall colors because I'm not doing enough of that. Or like, you know, we just had a foot of snow and we had the most beautiful blue sky day right after it snowed a foot, you know? And I mean, it was like, oh, the contrast between the perfect white, fresh snow and the blue sky. 
I could have been stuck in my screen all day. And instead I looked up and I got out and I'm like, I need to go outside. I just, you know, I just need to go and enjoy this, this beauty. And I'm thinking, well, I don't have time for that. And I'm thinking, dude, I don't have time not to do this. You know, See? it's hard though. I mean, I'm not saying I'm perfect by any means, but it's like, I'm constantly getting reminded about, I need to look up or like we talked about earlier. If I had just walked in with my head down, been on my phone, I would not have had those three incredible conversations at mod pizza. See? Yeah. I have had the weirdest chance meetings with people that have turned into incredible friendships over the years. You know, I'm not going to go, well, man, what if I had been looking up at other, whatever, right? It is what it is, but it's just a reminder to choose to do that more often. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, those videos, okay, I'm going to find a way to include those videos on the, on the blog post on the website because I want you to watch them now after hearing about them. They're powerful. They're incredible. Don't let those videos cause what ifs and regrets. Just look forward. Yeah. Starting from this point now. Yeah. Try to live life a little bit differently. If you want deeper, more meaningful relationships, if you want to have more joy in your life, look up. Yeah. Uh, Like I said, I'm not perfect. I've definitely made these mistakes. I still do. Um, But it's just, it's kind of getting me to think a little bit like, wow, phone is a great tool. Social media is a great tool. Technology is a great tool. But as with anything, it can be abused. I always imagine myself being, I don't know, 85, 90 years old, sitting on the porch on one of those swinging benches. And if, you, if you're lucky enough to have the love of your life beside you, it's at that moment you're going to be reflecting on the life that you've lived. What do you want yep. to remember when you look back on yourself? Ooh, Ooh that's a good one. You know, and again, I'm like you, I'm not perfect. I still fall victim to these uh, addictions and sometimes a craving or whatever you want to call it too. And yeah, you somehow got to shake yourself out of it. You got to remember. And that, that's the thought for me that, that brings it back is I, I've, I think of myself as 90 years old on that swinging bench. What do I want to remember? Something that I have heard, uh, and we talked about this recently with the idea of being a victim and also victimized, right? And I never remember which one's actually the right one. Like if you're a victim of something, isn't that like outside of your control? But if you're victimized, that's what's, that's within your control. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Okay, well, let's go Not with that. Sure. I could be wrong. Okay. It could be the opposite, but let's go with that. So if you're a victim of something, that's outside of your control. But if you're victimized, that's your own choice, right? I look at it as a couple ways here because I feel like I've heard this. In fact, I know Simon said this on his video and I don't agree with what he said here. I mean, I do and I don't, right? So let me, let me explain this because he says, right. millennials, it's not your fault. You're, you're just a product of, of you know, your environment and what you've been taught or you know, bad parenting or you, know, you haven't been led properly or you haven't been taught certain things. You're, you're just a, a recipient of that and so it's not your fault. On one hand, I agree wholeheartedly. If we're not taught something, how are we supposed to know it, right? Or if we are modeled something that's incorrect, then naturally that's what we're going to follow. Or if we're led in a bad way, then, you know, unless we know better that naturally we're going to follow. So I I do agree with him in that, in that you you can't necessarily know when somebody leads you astray, right? So you can be a quote victim of that. However, I wholeheartedly disagree with what he said there, that it's not, you know, millennials, it's not your fault. Now I'm not picking on millennials. I'm talking about people. That's what he said in the video. I'm saying people it's not your fault if that's what you've, if that's the hand you've been dealt, as he also says in there. I wholeheartedly disagree 
because it is also very much our individual responsibility to figure it out, to learn it. So for example, let's say I'm a victim of something here. I'm let, let's come up with a good example here. Let's say that uh, I grew up in a family that would rob banks. So my environment is taught to steal and, you know, live a life of crime, right? Take what you want. Yeah. Take what you want. You know, everybody's out to get you. I'm going to get mine, blah, blah, blah. Well, I'm a victim of that, right? That's my family's fault. But does that give me the excuse and the right to continue that life? I don't believe it does. Can I plead ignorance? Well, that's what I was taught. So that's what's wrong with it. See, to me, that's that's the lazy excuse to get out of being responsible. I, so that's why I very much disagree with Simon on that, that yes, if we are a victim of those circumstances, if that is the quote hand we were dealt, yes, we're at a disadvantage. But as we, as we grow older, as we are to seek wisdom, mm-hmm. then it is our responsibility to learn the right way to do things. It is our responsibility to do the right thing. Now we're going to mess up. There's grace for that. Totally. We're going to get, we're going to do stupid things, right? But are we consistently trying to learn and do better and become better and that kind of thing? That's our responsibility. So if we are a victim of something, that does not mean that we continue to choose to be victimized and use that as an excuse. That's preaching. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to preach there, but you know what? Been there, done that. (laughs) I can (laughs) preach it. So I've kind of learned that, but I guess I want to say that if that's what you've been taught, okay, let's help. Let's move forward. Let's you and I be an example on, on, well, let's let's fix it ourselves too. (laughs) And then let's be an example, you know? But I really do feel like it's our individual responsibilities to, you know, be responsible and do our thing and grow and move forward. And we can't we can't use the excuse of ignorance or, uh, well, that's what I was taught forever. So, man, I'm sorry. This is kind of hard hitting and a little platform and platform ish here. I don't know. Yeah, but you know what? To to use that metaphor, this is the hand you've been dealt. It's it's like you just said to continue to further that metaphor. If that's the hand you've been dealt, it's how you choose to play that hand. Yeah. Swap out the cards. I know. Get a new hand. That that's on your shoulders to do. And just listening to everything that you're saying, my mind is spinning. I'm thinking, wow, you know what? I can apply so much of this to my life as well. Yeah. Cause I know there's things that I screw up and there's things that I blame and there's things that I'm saying, Oh, that's, that's just the way it is. That's how it happened. I can't do anything about it. Well, yeah, I can. And I have yeah. to, I have to start thinking for myself that I can take steps to, change that and make it, you know, take a different path. Totally. Well, and the encouragement that I want to leave us with here too is, is just like what you just said there, you know, yeah, you know, you've screwed up and you're going to screw up and I've done the same thing and you're going to take steps and apply it. But here's the thing, Mm -hmm. Martin and everyone listening, including me talking, we're going to continue to mess up. We're never going to be perfect. You know, I, I don't know anyone who's ever been perfect. I don't know anyone who hasn't messed up. In fact, every person I've ever met, never known has messed up some big, well, most people have messed up big. You know what I mean? right? Who cares? The question is, are you going to continue to grow? How are you going to continue to move forward? Like you said, the hand you've been dealt, or maybe it was even the hand that you drew and chose. You can still swap the cards. You can still keep moving forward. You can still keep growing. You know what? You mess up now. Okay. Try not to mess up next time. Even if you do try to not mess up next, time. just keep going right to me. That's a healthy person who continues to learn and grow and do better and better. Mm-hmm. Even if they mess up, even if they hurt other people, I, I don't see, you know, somebody who makes a mistake as a, as a bad person or as an un- unhealthy person. Now the people who don't care, that's a little bit different of a story, <laughs> but that's another discussion <laughs> for another time. 
<laughs> anyway, so I'm just, I, I want that to be an encouragement. Who cares if we mess up? Just keep moving. And don't be afraid to ask for help. I like how you take this real heavy conversation that we've just talked about. And a lot of it is revolved around negative issues and things that are wrong and, and how do we fix it. I love how you're always able to end it on a high note and it was something positive and encouragement as you as you said. Well, I appreciate it. I mean, I'm glad I could too. It's, I hope we didn't lose half the listeners and be like, oh my gosh, this show is so heavy. Oh, I came to be entertained. <laughs> I don't want to talk about this stuff. <laughs> I understand, man. Hey, we had our entertainment portion of the show. That was the video games, movies, and TV show. <laughs> no, I know. Well, and like, it's topics like these that I go, well, I'll blame you. You brought it up. I'm a victim of that. There I'm, you go. I'm totally yep. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> You're big, blame me, point a finger yeah. at me. That's no, no, but really like, I, I'm actually really <laughs> glad you sent me that video because I thought, oh, you know, I'll watch it and maybe it'll be a good topic. And then I watched it and I went, oh, this is a beautiful topic. We need to talk about this because yeah. I experience it daily. I think some people are finally starting to fight back now. Like I don't like this anymore. Something's got to change. So I'm glad we talked about this. This is an issue that I think people are starting to bring up, but I don't find that there are a lot of solutions. Again, people love to address problems and stop there. I don't see a lot of people addressing solutions and I don't see a lot of people saying I'm coming around you. We're going to help you. We're going to encourage you. We're going to keep you accountable, whatever you need. I don't see that very often. So I appreciate you bringing this up. Cool. I'm glad it turned into a good discussion. Great topic, my friend. Well, Flash, yeah. thanks, man. Appreciate it. Real Brian, thanks for having me on again. This was a lot of fun. Well, today I'm pretty dang excited as we have our first galactic guest. In fact, they're all the way across the galaxy in the Delta Quadrant. The Borg! Welcome to The Real Brian Show. We are the Borg. Yes, you are. You speak for your people. Yeah, sure. I speak for my people. You will be assimilated. Excuse me? We will add your biological and technological distinctiveness to our own. Well, you know, I, I know I'm awesome and all, but I'm not sure I'm up for giving up my trade secrets right now. Freedom is irrelevant. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves yet. Self-determination is irrelevant. I'm going to have to sort of go ahead and disagree with you on this one. Resistance is futile. Dude, I think we got off to the wrong start here. Let's Let's start over, okay? I'm the real Brian. We are the Borg. And thank you for being on the real Brian show. You will be assimilated. Okay. Let me ask you this. You sent me a message saying you wanted to be on the real Brian show. So why did you want to be on the real Brian show? We wish to improve ourselves. You know, now we're getting somewhere. This is great. Okay. So you're saying that the show helps you improve yourselves, but you know, why me? Why this show? It has been decided that a human voice will speak for us in all communications. You have been chosen to be that voice. Interesting. Okay, well, you know, I suppose that helping you out wouldn't be a bad thing. We will add your biological and technological distinctiveness to our own. Yeah, you already said that. You must comply. I guess the Real Brian Show could bring strength to your culture. Strength is irrelevant. Okay, forget strength. How about encouragement? You will be assimilated. Forget assimilation. Resistance is futile. You're totally killing me here. Death is irrelevant. Ah! We are the four. Seriously? Okay, well, so I was going to ask, you know, what you nerd out about and how you've unleashed your superhero and all. But I'm, you know, Your culture will adapt to service hours. Okay. Well, anyway, thanks for being on the Real Brian Show. You will be assimilated. Well, you know what the music means. Resistance is futile. Uh huh. We are the four. Yep. Okay. Bye now. Uh, anyway, please go to realbrianshow.com, sign up for the email list, get in the Facebook group, and please shout out. You know, I'd love to hear from you. I am the Real Brian. Sign it off. The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.